Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Are you ready? You want the noise brought on you? Because here it comes. What? The noise brought on you because here it comes. This is my job. Showtime. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Ready. ready? This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. Is this show getting more and more difficult for you to do? That's got to be it! Jeff Lutz. This isn't that hard. There are so many great things to do with the human mouth. Why waste it on talking? 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Stand by for action. Hello, everybody. It's a Thursday edition, the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH Radio. Happy to have you with us. I am Bob Lutz, my co-host Jeff Lutz, Max Power, producing, engineering the show. 869-1240 is the phone number if you'd like to get involved. Uh, We had a big announcement earlier today or late last night. I can't quite pinpoint when. It was today. Uh, But the Eagles, the band, the Eagles, uh, one final tour. How long will it last? How many dates will they ultimately play uh, before they call it a, a career? Because they've got everything booked now starting in September up through uh, the early days of November. Mid-November. Then they'll take their Thanksgiving Christmas break. I presume they'll come back after the first of the year with more dates. My guess would be that they would play through next summer. Uh, that's my that's my early call. Well, it's already been reported that they'll that the tour will go into 2025. So where was that reported? Bestclassicbands.com uh, had that. Really, uh, I don't yes. believe it. Well, it's true. You know that it'll last at least two years. The Hotel California tour lasted four. Certainly, these guys aren't uh, getting any younger. They'll be in their late 70s by the time this thing wraps up. But I'm going to stick with what I'm reporting. Well, you can stick with whatever you want. I'm going with uh, what facts are and what uh, the the Eagles aren't just going to go to uh, Omaha and, and Miami and Jacksonville and, and L.A. They're going to go to Australia and England and uh, Europe, which is England. And I East. don't know that they will. They are. You act like uh, best classic bands is just the best source ever, and I'm not. Where, where are they reporting it? Well, just read the article. I don't know. It's before the uh, whole big long statement. Uh, it says here, after more than 50 years of touring, the Eagles announced today that their upcoming "The Long Goodbye" will be the band's final tour. The first of 13 of many shows have been announced beginning September 7th. Uh, during will perform many shows in each market as their service audience demands. The tour is expected to continue into 2025. We'll see. It will, unless uh, the unthinkable happens, which we won't even begin to discuss. Uh, but yeah, they'll be they'll be out there. They're going to be out there for a long time. Uh, that's what the Eagles do. Their tours last a long time. Uh, they hit every spot. Well, if we could get Don Henley on the show, we could ask him. I doubt he uh, even knows firsthand uh, what's going. Oh, he knows. You don't think he has? No, I think he goes where Irving tells him to go. Most of the, for the most part, I don't think he's involved necessarily in the booking or uh, the itinerary. I think he just. Uh, I think he just goes. Well, I've uh, made it clear to everyone who needs to know that one of these shows needs to be right here in Wichita. Chances that happens. 
I think that kind of depends on the band itself, right? It's not like Interest Bank Arena is going to turn it down. Uh, but are they going to make it happen? Well, that's what, uh, when they came to Wichita the last time, it was basically because of Joe Walsh and him wanting to uh, come here because he was born here. So I can't imagine that wouldn't occur again, although they didn't come here for the Hotel California tour, and they went everywhere for the Hotel California. They haven't been here since 2013. Uh, I went and looked up the dates of the shows just to make it uh, clear in my memory. Uh, I first saw the Eagles on November 16, 1976, at uh, the Roundhouse uh, as they were embarking on the Hotel California tour, uh, the first Hotel California tour. Right. And their special guest that evening was none other than Bob Seeger. It's a good billing. You, you think? What do you think of Steely Dan? They'll be with them for this first leg. I expect them to change up their traveling band partnership. Uh, I think we'll see several bands involved in this. What do you think it means for the Eagles set list? Does that mean it's shorter because they have an opener? I hope not. They got to still go with their three hours, right? Well, I wouldn't count on it. I think they're going to tighten things up. I think they're going to play the songs they've perceive people want to hear will we hear a new um, song or two i doubt it hmm. i doubt it maybe Not at any point in this two-year I mean, run who's writing them uh, don henley well has he i'm sure what's he, they, i'm what's sure he's he been has, doing for the past five i'm years. sure he has a song or two in the can that they could work up for the eagles we'll see I'm sure Vince Gill might even have a song or two. I don't know. If people want to hear a Vince sounds, Gill Eagles song. And it sounds like uh, Deacon Fry will be on this tour. So that's good also. Well, yeah, but I don't know if people want to hear a Vince Gill Eagles song. I do. Well, yeah, but you're a minority. People want to hear the hits. Well, they're going to have to bring out a little something different. This isn't that kind of tour, in my opinion. I know opinion. it's the hits tour, this but... This isn't a... Uh, intimate, we're going to uh, cut down and, and play the Orpheum Theater kind of tour. This is, we're going to go for it. we got two years to tour, perhaps. And uh, we're going to try to fill as many arenas and stadiums as we can and uh, make one last, and I'm not accusing them of money grabbing, but they're going to make a lot of money. Well, of course they are. They're the Eagles. That's what the Eagles have always done is make a lot of money. And they don't they don't want to get out there that oh they're playing B-side stuff. Uh did the history when they're of the trying Eagles, to sell 20,000 tickets. Did the history of the Eagles tour suffer because they played uh Train Leaves Here this morning and Doolin Dalton Desperado? But they played all the hits too. And they will play all the hits in this one, but I expect So what do you want to hear? After the Thrill is Gone, Sad eh. Cafe. Sad Cafe would be fine. Well, we'll see. What I was, are you willing to give up? I'm willing to give up Funk 49. What else? I'm willing to... Give me a Henley song you're willing to give up. I'm not willing to give up any. Well, then you've got him singing two extra songs. Well, you I, don't never think know. You'd, I don't think you'd uh, make it as the manager of the Eagles. I'm thinking about it. Is there, a, is there a Henley song out there I'd give up? No. Maybe Boys of Summer because it's solo, but probably not. Best of My Love? No. Love it. Really? Yeah. You'd give up Boys of Summer? If I I mean if I had to give up a Henley that's song. Shocking. Well I have what would you give up if you had to give up a I'd give up Best of My Love. Oh, that's awful. Well, you asked me. Well, he's not gonna be doing Last Resort or Victim of Love or maybe Wasted Time. So he's got some openings. We'll see. We'll see what uh, comes of this. Uh but they hit the road in September. Uh, for the final time. Yeah. And, of course, that's a big deal here. And I want to see the Eagles for my last time in Wichita, Kansas. That means something to me. Yeah, that's more consequential to you than it probably is to me. I don't care. I'm going to go see them for the last time in Los Angeles, which I imagine they'll play seven or eight times and then call it quits. Why are you going to I, Los Angeles? To see them for the last time. I want to see their last show. I was planning on... Well, you're not going to be able to afford that ticket. I'll afford the ticket. Um, no, you won't. Yes, I will. What if it's $5,000? It's not going to be $5,000. It could be. If you're wanting to go to L.A. and you're wanting to fly and you're wanting to have accommodations fly. 
and you're wanting to get a ticket to see the Eagles by yourself? What a sad... I probably wouldn't travel by myself. Well, I hope you wouldn't see him by yourself. That's beyond sad to me. Well, I'm going to be seeing him by myself a bunch of times. A bunch of times. See, this is what... I almost hated the uh, the idea of this. Why? Because you're spending all your money on this. And then you know what? What? I got 40 years left of doing whatever my wife wants to do. And I do plenty of what she wants to do already. This is it, right? This is on paper, in writing, in ink. The final Eagles tour so is over forever after If they this. come to Wichita, that'll be the only show I go to. Okay. Because that's how meaningful it would be to see them for the first time and the last time right here in my city. Well, then and, I guess I should just stop at Denver then, right? Well, I don't know. That's that's, it I depends thought. on what's, uh, what's important to you. It would be important to me to see them well, you said on, kind of close the book. You said on Facebook that you'd be seeing them with your people. I see them with my people in every city. Ah, they're, they're not your people. people. These are my people. The Eagles people You're are not, my those people. Those aren't your people. They don't no, care a thing about you. The people who you go don't to have see. anything in common with them other than you love the Eagles. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, I want to see them with the people I'm around, that I live with, in the same city. I want it to be a party. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a party. I'm gonna buy a suite. Well, good. That's what I'm going to do. Get Christine Pilekas on the show and see if they're uh, I'll, I'll, listen, hammering I'll, that out. I've already, I've already reached out. Well, I hope it, it uh, works out for you. Well, you're not invited. I'll go. <laughs> why, why do you think you'll go? If they're in Wichita, because I just will. Will you be invited to my, uh, will you be invited to my uh, suite? I don't want to be in a suite. Really? No, I want to be with the people. I want to be down in the in the in the stands in the revelry. There's no revelry in the suite. Oh, there's a lot of revelry. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see. We got lots of planning to do. We'll see how it goes. Eight six nine twelve forty. Here's what we have on a very good show today. Uh, we've got some good guests. Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, joins us at about two twenty-five. Uh, we'll talk to Kevin about the uh, ongoings at uh, Shocker Athletics. Haven't had him in a while. A lot's happened. Ron Baker, former Shocker, joins us at 2.45. We'll talk to him about the 2013 Final Four reunion. That's coming up uh, soon out at Mark's Art. That's the name of it, right? I Mark said, Arts. Mark Arts. Mark's Arts. Mark Arts. I got yes. the plural wrong. And at 3.25 today, Luke Barnwell. Uh, now an assistant men's basketball coach at Texas Tech. I uh, spent several years at Sunrise Christian Academy and uh, just got married to Emily Younger from Channel 3 News. So he's had a an eventful few months here. Yeah, well, formerly of Channel 3 News, of course. Formerly, yeah, formerly of Channel 3 News. They're headed down to Lubbock or the greater Lubbock area. Well, I yeah, I would hope they're in Lubbock. That's where Texas Tech is. Right. But you don't think some people who work for Wichita State live in Andover? I mean, it's probably true. Well, I don't know what Lubbock's uh, bedroom communities are. I don't either. I'm not sure there are a lot. There might not be many. Uh, Lubbock's a nice city out there on the west prairie of Texas. What do you think? Have you ever the, been uh, to Lubbock? Um, There's not a lot around it. I might have been through it. I don't I don't remember. think you've been to Lubbock. Would I have been through it? Doubtful. Where did I go last? Where I went through Waco and all that? I don't remember. Oh, it was Austin. Would I have gone through? No, he wouldn't have gone anywhere near Lubbock. What do you think the population of Lubbock is? Uh, I'll say 170,000. That's 260,000. Really? It's grown. It's gone way up. A lot of people living out in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, So anyway, Luke Barnwell will join the show at 325 today. Um, I'm angry in some ways. The Cardinals are killing me every night. I'm mad at everyone associated with them. I had to stop myself from sending a, a kind of a, a nasty, not nasty, but a sarcastic tweet to Derek Gould. He only covers the team, but he gets on my nerve. What did he say? Uh, just everything he does gets on my nerve. Well, I'm glad you didn't do that. You well, that would be a terrible look. 
not his fault they stink. Yeah, but he kind of he's too playful. That's the problem with Twitter and beat writers and journalists on Twitter. The fan the fan base doesn't want to see your playfulness. We're not happy. And yeah, you're detached from it. And you should be. And you're, you're not a fan. We get it. But those of us who are fans, we don't want you to be cute. We don't want. We just want you to put the story up without comment. Really? Don't you? Don't you kind of feel that way? Oh, well, I guess. But uh, I'd rather the attitude of my beat writer, while not obviously being detached and everything like you said, at least somewhat reflect. How I'm feeling, and if I'm feeling snarky and bitter and a little sarcastic, then I might not mind a uh, snarky or sarcastic tweet every now and then. It would have to be—I'd have to understand the context, though, of what exactly it was that Derek Gould said that irked you. I mean, we're putting Stephen Matz back in the rotation. This is the worst. This is the worst team I've ever seen as a Cardinal team. I'll go ahead and say it. It's worse than some of those 70s teams. It's worse than some of the teams in the 90s. Uh, I'm just, I, I, they, they are impossible to get on board with. Uh, they got some decent players, but no pitching. No, there's no pitching. That's frustrating. Well, I can imagine. I mean, Montgomery is, is a good pitcher. That's it. Oh, yeah, he's okay. Well, he's, he's no, he's well. good. He's he's top ten ERA in the National League. He's a good pitcher. Well, then you're going to trade him, right? We got to trade him. We got to trade him because he's a free agent at the end of the year. We got to trade Flaherty, who's also a free agent at the end of the year. He's had good moments, but not so enough. You have of to them. piece together a rotation for the rest of this oh, year. Oh, just throw me. I, I don't care who we throw. And we got we got to trade Jordan Hicks, uh, who's also a free agent. And threw one over the first baseman's head last night that lost the game. But somebody will want him badly because he, he's he got electric stuff. Yeah, he's good. He throws 103, 104 miles an hour. It's hard to ask him to throw 65 over to first base. No, it's not. It's no, no, it's not. It's not easy. No, it is easy. It's not that easy. It should be easy. When you're throwing 104 and then you... And you, and you, you know what you do? You don't try to lollipop, lollipop it over there. You step and throw, right? Yeah, but how hard? Throw it. Throw it 80 miles an hour over there. Goldie can handle it. Yeah, don't, but that's don't try to, taking a lot off. Don't try to pop it over there. I well, I can't. It, yes, it should be easy. I agree with you. But also, I have no perspective on that. If I'm throwing 104 and how to field a ground ball and throw it 45 feet, to first base. I just, I have they no idea. They practice this stuff. Yeah, I know, but it's not, I can't imagine. It's like Shaq shooting free throws. Yeah, he should be able to make it, but his hand roll is it four over. times the size then of the roll ball. roll it over. Maybe. Whatever you need to do, don't throw it over the guy's head and allow two runs to score. You had runners at first and second. The runner at second was going to try to score because Jordan Hicks lollygagged it over there. He threw it about 40 feet. I mean, it, it was just an awful throw. I wish it happened to you. We'll see how you react. Well, my team stinks. I had Cal Quantrill on the hill. You got, he might you as well buried be buried in that game before you even opened a can of beer. He might as well be throwing it 40 miles an hour to the plate. He's terrible. Yeah. You're terrible. I'm terrible. We're all terrible. The Royals are terrible. Baseball sucks. Well, I don't care about the Royals being terrible. Well, I don't. Listen, it's a better... I like people talking baseball. And when the Royals are good, which is very inoften, you're not you're not good, Royals. The times you are, twice out of every 30 years, that, that that's not any way to run a franchise. But when they were good in 14 and 15, it was kind of fun. It's kind of fun to ha be around people who cared about baseball. Many of them bandwagoners, but there are I don't know. there are devout are there Royals baseball fans? bandwagoners oh, anymore. Oh, absolutely! I think either you like baseball or you don't at this stage. I don't think anybody's. Um, there might be some. There's, there's a million bandwagoners for baseball. Look at Miami. They I, don't draw anything. 
I and told you Miami at the beginning of the year. A couple of these games against the Cardinals, they've had 20, 25,000 down there. Uh, that's an exciting, fun team to watch. I told you that at the beginning of the year. I don't remember any of that. I also said the Giants were good when they weren't good. They're not good. They're not? They're not that good. The Giants? No. Huh. They're not that good. Okay. They're okay. They're just okay. There's nothing to write home about a with lot the Giants. By watching. Huh? You can learn a lot by watching. What do you mean by watching? I'm saying I watched the Marlins a lot and the Giants a lot early on in the year, and I could tell they both had something. The Giants are 47 and 40. If yeah. Sandy Alcantara They're figures okay. it out, then the Marlins could be really good. The Marlins are 51 and 37 with Skip Schumacher at the helm. Another guy you kind of let out of the organization. Well, we should have hired him instead of Ollie. We should fire Moselak. We need new ownership. Other than that, we're fine. Ownership. Well, that's. Yeah, we need new ownership. That's never going to happen, unfortunately. Bill DeWitt's 100 years old. Now, his son will probably take it over, but they could sell the team. You never know. They've had it forever. It's time for someone else. Unfortunately, that's not how rich people think. I've only. Well, I think there was somebody between the Bush, Anheuser Bush. Maybe not. I've really only known two owners of the Cardinals in my entire life Augie Bush and then Anheuser Bush took it over when he passed away. And then Mose- and then the, the DeWitt family. That's about it. I've had uh, Dick Jacobs. I've lived less than you, but Dick Jacobs and uh, the Dolan family. Well, they've done a terrible Those job. Those have been my owners. They've done a terrible job. Eh, sort of. All right, let's uh, get a break in. Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, will join us next. We'll talk some shocker athletics. They released the volleyball schedule yesterday. It's, uh, that was good to see because they're playing in the AAC, the new restructured AAC this year. We'll talk uh, with Kevin Saul next. Bob and Jeff, KFH. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the Bob and Jeff Show on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Big summer for me, the summer of 73 after my senior year of high school. Billy Preston, Will It Go Round in Circles? That's the music we're playing on the show this week. 
Kevin Saul joins us, Wichita State Athletic Director. We have not talked to you, Kevin, in a little while. Some things have been happening. How are you? I'm doing well, Bob. How are you? You know, we're doing well. It's uh, it's uh, stopped raining for a little bit here, so everything's looking good. Uh, let's good. jump right into it. You you were brought here at a time when Wichita State Athletics uh, needed some uh, needed a maybe a new look, uh, a fresh look. Some big changes have been made. Just uh, take us through the process of your first, what has it been, 18 months on the job and how busy you've been and some transformational changes have, have been made. Well, Bob, it's been exactly a year. I started July 5th of uh, last wow. year. So yesterday was uh, was first day of year two. So I just appreciate being on the show. I, I would start with we got a lot of great people um, within the university and within athletics and uh, certainly – uh, areas that needed to be addressed, but there was a lot of positives walking in in terms of uh, folks that have been with the department for a long time that feel very passionate about supporting our student athletes and serving them in a first class way. And and so I think that's where it starts is is any organization rises and falls on leadership. We got a great president that um, um, has a vision for uh, Wichita State University, in particular our athletics program, and he and I share in that vision. I think that that alignment's incredibly important as we move forward. So as you know, we've spent a lot of time focusing on both internal and external efforts in terms of getting our, our structure and organization uh, right. That takes some time. Bob, I, I would say that any leader walking into an organization um, really needs to assess and listen and learn first, and we've spent a lot of time doing that. We'll continue to do that. Um, we've made a couple hires uh, here in the last month or so to, to, to shore up our administrative staff. And we will um, make an announcement about that as we move forward late summer and early fall in terms of our executive and senior leadership. Obviously we've, we've made some transitions in three different uh, sports, but I would tell you, we spent a lot of time on, on infrastructure uh, as well, both internally and externally, uh, really shoring up our uh, mission, vision and philosophy from a, a fundraising and development standpoint really excited about the the million dollar weight room renovation that uh, is nearing conclusion and will be ready for student athletes when they return in August. So um, a lot of positive things going on. We still have uh, much on our plate and a lot of work to do moving forward. So, yeah, obviously uh, three new hires in three pretty high profile uh, programs. So, as far as the evaluation process goes for those programs moving forward, do you consider them on equal footing as far as timeline for uh, competing for conference championships and, and beyond? Is there a program that you feel maybe is ahead of that curve uh, right away? Uh, or like I said, is it kind of all equal and you'll evaluate them all based on this, this ground floor level? So I think it's hard. We have 15 unique sports programs, and they're all in in, in different places. They're, they all have variability in terms of uh, human resources, whether that's staff or scholarships. Uh, the facilities are, are are different across our sports. Um, rules and standards are different. The the level of competition within the league or outside of it or within the region um, are different. Financial resources may be different. So I think it's it's a challenge to um, apply the exact same evaluation process to every single one of our 15 sports programs. You know, uh, as we've talked about, that it takes resources for us to compete for championships. And uh, we want to align those resources to championship-level expectations. We need to get all of our programs in the top third of the new American Athletic Conference that uh, became new here about five days ago with the entry of six new uh, institutional peers. So, um, that evaluation will occur program by program, uh, specific to each program in terms of where they are. And so happy to dive into any singular one of those programs if you'd like, but um, I feel like we've got uh, we've got good leadership and excited in our direction. Talking with Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director. So I'm, I'm always curious uh, to know more about the individuals we talk to here and uh, being an athletic director can be uh, difficult, obviously, and it's sometimes a lonely uh, job. And uh, you obviously had a honeymoon period here at Wichita State. I think everybody uh, agreed with some of the decisions that were made. But then we got to the baseball 
decision, and that certainly was not a unanimous agreement, and there was uh, some pushback uh, when the decision was made to move on from Lauren Hibbs, and Brian Green was brought in. Just talk about that aspect of your job and understanding that there are decisions that you have to make uh, that will not be met with uh, approval by all ranks. Bob, I really appreciate you asking that question, and I, I'll start with um, just sharing a little bit uh, with you about my heart and maybe a little bit of vulnerabilities. I, re- I really hate disappointing people, and uh, uh, we work really, really hard, our staff and, and um, our student-athletes, and uh, I, I think one of the most difficult parts of the job can be um, the, the lonely aspect of making decisions with 100% of the information, uh, whereas you might be met with opinions or criticisms or even um, um, encouragement uh, from folks that don't necessarily know 100% of, of what is going on internally within the department or within a, a particular program. And so I think that's where there can be a disconnect. Um, certainly understand that not every, every decision that we make is, uh, will have 100% unanimous support. Uh, but I, I do firmly believe that individuals, as they work through their, their careers, you guys have spent a lot of time in media and radio. Um, as folks make their way through their, their respective professional careers, you get to a spot where um, you, you, you um, assimilate and grow based on your ability to make decisions. And I firmly believe that, that most folks that are in leadership positions have the ability to make smart, sound, responsible, and methodical decisions with all of the information. And I feel like we've done that in this particular case. I think the unfortunate aspect of it is not all of that information is accessible uh, to those that would necessarily consume uh, the decision to agree with it or not to agree with it. And so I think that's where the challenge lies. And so ultimately, um, it calls upon trust and faith uh, that we have the right leaders in place to make the right decisions. Yeah, I'll just build off of that as far as baseball goes. Uh, you know, obviously there was some uh, talk about going outside of the quote-unquote Wichita State uh, coaching tree or family. And even though, you know, you have Gene and, and Brent and those type of people on board, I think, I guess I'll ask you, how important just do you think it is for Wichita State fans and people around the program to see that someone can come from the outside and still be as dedicated to the school and to the program where it's not just another job. Obviously, Brian Green is all in on being in Wichita and representing Wichita and being part of that program. Do you think, uh, I mean, that speaks volumes, doesn't it, for the fan base, I would imagine? Well, Brian Green as, a, as an individual is somebody that I'm confident our fan base will, will become very close to and very excited about. He's uh, very passionate about college baseball, about serving young men. Um, about leading young men and making them, um, you know, leaders of character and competence and consequence, not only for athletics, but for life. And so he subscribes to all those things. Um, I can tell you that he is wildly passionate about the opportunity here. Uh, he and I firmly believe that this is a, uh, an Omaha type place. It obviously has shown that propensity in the past. Um, and we certainly can get there. I think to your question about, uh, inside the family or outside the family, it's certainly a factor uh, when you consider making hires. And, and we spoke with, uh, you know, 8, 10, 12 candidates, some of whom were, quote, unquote, in the Shocker family and some of whom were not. And um, I think at the end of the day, you've got to make a decision that, that you feel like is best for the program at that particular moment in time. I can certainly understand um, – our fan base and the public perception about um, an individual that might come from outside the family, right? If you look at the last 40 years of uh, shocker baseball, um, there's, there's been what, six years, a handful of years where you've had a coach that came from outside the organization and that didn't end well. So I can certainly see how conclusions can be drawn that uh, somebody from outside the program, um, may raise some eyebrows. And I would also share with you the flip side of that coin is um, that not e- not every great coach is going to be a part of, the, of a particular program at a particular institution or have history or alumni 
um, ties to that program. And so I think it's a balance. And at the end of the day, you've got to weigh all that information and make the best decision for your program. But make no mistake, Brian Green is incredibly passionate about this opportunity. I'm passionate about supporting him and our, our baseball student athletes. And at the end of the day, I think where we've fallen short a little bit here the last few years is putting our student athletes first in everything that we do. Um, we've struggled through, in my time here, we struggled through um, some significant adversity in the fall. We did the same thing this spring. And at the end of the day, we've got to put our student athletes first and create a, uh, an environment that they want to be a part of, an environment that they don't want to leave, that they understand that there's growth and development, um, that they've got people that are, are looking out for their best interests and they want to move the program forward and compete for championships. Kevin Salt, our guest, uh, Wichita State Athletic Director. We've talked about this in the past numerous times, but I remain very curious about uh, the upheaval in college athletics, not just NIL and transfer portal stuff, but also conference realignment. That hits here uh, noticeably uh, this fall when the new AAC, the restructured American Athletic Conference, becomes uh, part of the culture here in Wichita. Uh, you're inside. You're, you're a guy that talks to, uh, I presume, a lot of other athletic directors and your conference commissioner. What's your, uh, what's your thought on this new AAC? Are you optimistic that it can hold together, that uh, schools like Memphis and SMU are mentioned as potential uh, building blocks elsewhere? Uh, do you think we can hold on to this conference for a while, Kevin? Well, I, again, I, I think we've got tremendous leadership. I know we have tremendous leadership in Commissioner Oresco and, and how he's positioned this league over the last 10 years. We're celebrating our 10-year uh, anniversary this year. And I, I think he's been ahead of the game in terms of contingency plans and being able to execute those plans to keep our conference in a competitive position. And so, you know, I think the remarkable thing is if you if you look back and you think back to, boy, when did all this conference realignment piece begin? You could make an argument that it began in the, the early to mid-90s. Um, the SEC and, and the Big Eight at that point in time uh, made moves to acquire universities. Some, some would use the term properties um, in terms of the televisions and the fan bases and all those things that they bring. And that's been a relative constant. You know, I graduated from uh, uh, TCU in 1999, um, and I spent three years there, and I was in three different athletic leagues as a student athlete. So conference realignment's been something that's been around for 25 to 30 years. I don't think it's going away. I think uh, that our industry is laser-focused on additional revenue to support um, student athlete experiences, salaries, benefits, all the things. None of that's getting cheaper. Um, travel, scholarships. Uh, when Wichita State University increases tuition by 5.9%, um, our tuition bill within athletics goes up by 5.9%. That takes it from about a $4 million tuition bill to about a $4.5 million tuition bill, just short of that. So, um, you know, those, those, the, the search for dollars and new revenue and new revenue streams will always be a part of athletics. It has always been a part of athletics. Um, and so I think conference realignment is here to stay for a little while. Um, I will tell you, I feel great about uh, the league that we're in, obviously from a basketball perspective, um, you've got two institutions that were in the, the final game of the NIT. You've got an institution that was in, uh, the final four, you have another institution that was uh, the champions of the CBI. And so if you look at, you know, the four teams in the final four, the two teams in the final NIT and the two teams in the final uh, of the CBI, we had, uh, we had four of those teams. Um, and so I think it will be a strong basketball league, both on the men's and women's side. Uh, we're taking on some, some quality programs in terms of baseball and volleyball. So I, I do believe that it will remain competitive. I think the most important measuring stick that you, that you have as a commissioner and as an institution um, are the financial components and then your access to championships. And I think we're still a league in most sports that will be a multi-bid league. All right. Well, we appreciate your time. It's always good to have you on. Thanks for uh, making yourself available. Guys, thanks so much for the time. I don't take that for granted. And I really appreciate the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with you and just appreciate your coverage of our programs. Everybody does, Kevin. Everybody likes to spend time with Jeff and me. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we all take care. Go Shockers. You too. Kevin Saul.
Uh, threw him a little curve there at the end. A little bit. Yeah, you react. You, you, you get a reaction. Yeah, he enjoyed it. Ron Baker joins us. Uh, he's feeling stronger, aren't you, Ron? Is that Does that fit with you right now? You know, post-sports, the last three years, I don't know if stronger is a ward. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm getting a little achy in some joints that have taken some toll through the year. But my spirit's strong, so, Bob. My spirit's strong. Are you are are you still? Well, I I missed the first part of what you said. What 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 did you say? You're coaching sports? No, he said post sports. Oh, post, no, post sports. sports. Post sports. Yeah. So what sports, you, what sports do what sports? Go ahead. What sports do you participate in? What what activities? I know you golf. Are there others that uh, your body still still allows you to? Uh, to do i would say a hundred percent of the activities i do now are golf and yoga that's well, there you go the body will allow me to do all right man that's crazy uh that makes me feel better though because uh my body is also shutting down and i'm like 35 years older than you so i guess we're we're in the same we're in the same boat although i did not make it to the nba yeah, well, that's fair, Jeff. As long as you're still active, I'm, I'm going to root for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. So everybody's excited about the reunion of the Final Four team from 2013. That was obviously uh, one of those most special times in Wichita State history. Uh, I was fortunate to be a part of the coverage of that team. Uh, you were obviously fortunate to be a mainstay on that team. How excited are you to see all the guys? Very excited would would be a good place to start. I've been working alongside Kevin Saul, who was just a guest, and Tammy Cutler up at WSU to get a hold of some guys. And Armchair being the one putting the event on works close to WSU. And right now we've got around 10 guys that have committed to come back. And I think around 14 staff members coming back. So a pretty solid group right now coming back. And I'm very excited. Haven't seen some of these folks in quite a while. Fortunate enough with TBT, a lot of players have been able to come back for that. Really excited to see some of the managers and staff members that have moved on with their careers. How uh, far spread out are some of these people? Obviously, you and uh, Evan, Zach. Uh, I don't know if there are any more that live here in Wichita. We know, obviously, where Fred is. But what about uh, mm-hmm. some of the other folks? How 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 uh, how far have they gotten across the country? That's a great question, Jeff. Looking on my spreadsheet here, there was 15 <laughs> players that were on that roster. And as of today, I want to say there's only three of us that live in the Wichita metro. Demetric Williams coaches basketball at Newton. Uh, and then Evan, myself, and then, sorry, four, and Zach Bush. So there's only four of us in the area. The rest we, we had to track down via cell phone or email, and they're off playing ball overseas or working somewhere out of state. Talking uh, with Ron Baker, give us the particulars, the, the date, the place, what, what are some of the activities planned for this 2013 Final Four reunion? Yeah, some key details, Bob, are July 22nd, 6 o'clock at the Mark Arts Building, that nice, beautiful building over there on 13th and Rock Road. Pretty simple event. We got myself talking, uh, Mike Kennedy, legend, running the show, going to have a little sit down and go through the memories. I think Fred, Dakel, myself, maybe even Evan, Clee, if he's, if he's there, we'd, we'd love to sit down and just ask questions about the memories from that run. Uh, we're selling, sorry, we armchair selling, selling tables and tickets for, for fans to join and come enjoy that evening with us. There's still plenty of tickets from my understanding available. I believe we had a little over 200 tickets sold right now. So I think that venue holds some more, more seats so hopefully we can get some more tickets sold and enjoy the evening with more fans what's what's your involvement with the aftershocks themselves ron do you have any still 
Uh, currently, very little. Uh, just, man, life's kind of gotten fast and busy with a new job and moving in with my lady, playing a lot of golf. So I, Wait I a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, I did don't, say don't that. Don't try to just job. skip past that. I said it pretty quick, didn't I? <laughs> but yeah, life. Well, life congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I've I've helped a little bit with reaching out to certain players that I've played with in Europe, gauging their interest. Uh, if we all remember uh, James Dickey last year, I helped reach out to him and a few others, but very minimal to do with them now. I help with the all player reunion, which is held at WSU on Friday evening of that weekend. Help comes from Gretchen Torline, who is our uh, student athlete advisor when we were there as well. So really looking forward to that, that evening. Are, is there an added emphasis maybe on the reunion part, not necessarily on the aftershocks part, I guess, but with the aftershocks, they brought back as Bjorn and, and Trey Wade, a couple guys who didn't finish their careers at Wichita state. Is there an emphasis on either of those sides to, get some of those guys back in the fold if they weren't already, I guess, who finished their careers elsewhere to make sure that they know that they're still part of it at, at Wichita State as well? Yeah, so with alumni teams and TBT, Jeff, you have to have a certain amount of alumni players on your team, and TBT was kind enough to grant us those two players, for my understanding, to count as alumni. And I think that number is either six or seven players of your entire roster have to be alumni players. So I think it's great that we can allow on guys, the younger guys, right, to come back and relive their, their time well spent here at Coke Arena. Talking uh, with Ron Baker. So we've got the reunion coming up, the Final Four reunion on the 22nd. You mentioned uh, the play. You've got some players coming back. I'm I'm going to ask you to tell us which players are confirmed, and then uh, who who are you most eager to see that maybe you haven't seen in a while? So, to my knowledge, uh, Damage Haynes-Jones, you've said to and Trey Wade and Asborn. you got Marcus McDuffie. I'm Darryl talking Willis. about the Final Four reunion. Oh, you want the... The old heads. You want the old head names. I got you. I got yeah, you. Th- those are the guys I care about. Just kidding. But okay. We care about so, all of them, of course. That's fair. So, Kel Cotton, myself, Fred Van Bleet, Nick Wiggins, Clanton Early, Demetric Williams, Evan Wessel, C.J. Lucille, and the Maybes. These are the ones we're trying to pull teeth and get them here because I know Shocker Nation would love to hear from these guys. Malcolm Armstead. Carl Hall, Hime Rutke, and then lastly, Kadeem Colby. Well, I think there's a guy that just signed a pretty lucrative deal that might be able to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Really, You're he's going to throw some money their way? <laughs> yeah. But so, how, Ron, how you'll forever that. be a so, – yeah, you'll forever be associated not as one of the great shockers, which you are, uh, but, you, you know, as a teammate and a classmate of Fred Van Vliet, you guys are uh, are always going to be thought of as a tandem. Uh, how Tell us about that relationship. And Fred's obviously in the midst of a remarkable NBA career. Uh, injuries kind of cut yours short, although you had, uh, you had a very good start to your NBA career. Tell us about that friendship that you have with Fred. Yeah, it's one of those friendships that it's never, ever going to change. We, we've kind of gone our separate ways. I've started a new career here in Wichita, and he's still playing. He's got three kids, and I'm, I'm starting to grow my family, hopefully not too soon. But you kind of go in different paths when you get older. But our friendship's one of those where he's going to show up this summer, and we're going we're gonna to – just keep the the Kindle going like nothing nothing has changed over the last five years we've been separated so the special relationship we have we're like you said always going to be a tandem and it's almost like we're twins we're always communicating with each other and 
never skipped a beat. Well, if we had more time, I'd certainly want to delve more into this relationship thing you got going. And uh, But unfortunately uh, for you, we're going to have to cut that short. Uh, I know you'd love to talk more about it. You talking about my lady or you talking about Fred and I? <laughs> no, I'm talking about your lady. He was struck by the not-so-soon starting the family. Yeah, you, there's all kinds yeah. of things that uh, that we hey, could talk about. But. Bob, right, Bob, you got to realize patience is a virtue. You can't rush rush some things, <laughs> uh, especially when you're 30 years old. you got to think things out and plan accordingly, right? Uh, I wish I'd have had you as an advisor in my youth, yes. That's probably <laughs> a good move. Hey, Ron, thanks as always. It's uh, good to talk with you, and uh, best of luck on the reunion uh, coming up July 22nd out at uh, Mark Arts. Thank you very much, Ron. Yeah, appreciate you both. Have a good one. Thanks. All right, Ron Baker, our guest. We'll come back. Hour number two, straight ahead, Luke Barnwell, brand-new assistant coach at Texas Tech, formerly of Sunrise Academy. He will join us at 325. Bob and Jeff, KFH. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.